to spend his time learning, learning, and also another another area to to spend your time doing is of course uh, Tanya Balpa, learning Balpa. That even though you don't have that uh, that area in your mind, a lot of people have never really studied, learned. Um, things by heart or, you know, outside of, I don't know, maybe we, we learned Shakespeare in high school or something like that. We, talk about this, we talked about this recently, right? Oh, I was talking about it last Thursday night of the rain, but I don't know. Did you guys have to study? Did you have to memorize Shakespeare? You didn't have to memorize? Uh, yeah, once. Right, to be or not to be is nobler than, you know, I, uh, sh- I shouldn't say this on the video, on the tape, whatever, but what? Right. So generally speaking, in your Western education, there isn't that much time spent uh, actually uh, uh, memorizing. But in traditional Jewish education, it's you know, a, an important point of memorizing Mishnayis, memorizing Tanya. Um, and it's a skill that you could see that it actually does uh, improve your brain and it, does, uh, it grows. In other words, even if you're not that good at it right now, it's not something that you could say, well, I'm not good at this and therefore I can't do it. That doesn't exist in the brain. You are able to grow your brain and you're able to develop those muscles in that part. And there is really, the truth is, as it proves now by neuroplasticity, that there is no single part that all of a sudden they say, oh, well, I don't have this, therefore I can't. It doesn't exist. You can train your brain to do these things. So that would be a very important thing. Like it says, use it or lose it. Lose it. That's right. The more you use it, the better you're off. And you could even, and going along with it, back to the idea that we were talking about before, about imagining, you could even use that imagination skills in different ways, imagining how you're going to learn the, the, the Gemara, imagining how you're going to learn the Hasidis, and going through it in your mind, which is interesting that they have that, right, that they did all these tests, because in, like, if you look at the old stories, right, it talks a lot about, uh, like the Rashbats teaching the Friedrich Rebbe how to concentrate, it explains how the Rashbats told the Friedrich Rebbe how it's important that after you, for instance, after you learn a Taisus, to close the book and go through it in your mind. Go through it, the questions, the answer, the question, the answer of the Taisus three times, I think he said. Maybe it was more, but I think it was at least three times, if I remember correctly. Um, and you can see how that is going to help. It's going to help develop your brain. So even though, you know, we're not... Uh, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds anymore, but, but despite that fact, we can still plug into this, uh, plug into this energy, and it's something that's definitely worthwhile uh, investing a part of your day uh, in doing. And it's not something, obviously, that's going to come uh, naturally to most of us, uh, but it's something that you can develop on your own. And I think that it's, uh, it's worth looking into. It's worth, worth doing some experiments on it yourselves. You know, I think that that's, uh, that's the bottom line. Um, anyway, that was an interesting uh, thought for the day. Okay, let's go back to uh, Tanya. So we've been discussing the idea of Kayachma and how we have uh, apparently these two different uh, energies going at the same time in Chachma. On the one hand, you have the Ma energy, which is the idea of the Bittel and the uh, non-limited uh, part of Chachma. And therefore, that is the area, so to speak, that the Orain Sov can possibly, uh, could possibly, so to speak, be mislabish in. Um, and then you have the Kayach, which implies that it's a, a, one of the Kayachas and is able to be, so to speak, like a Makor, 
and it's a connection to all the kaychas in the body, and therefore all the kaychas in the person, the soul. Therefore, it has both elements at the same time. Okay, that's where we got to yesterday. Good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start again inside. Velachain. Let's start with velachain. Middle of the line, first word in line. Nitpas. See it? Someone got it? Velachain. It's about seven lines down. Velachain mislabish ba orenso baruchu. So that's why. The orange sof is able to be mislabish in it. Delays machshava tefisa be'klal, right? Which seems to be completely the opposite of what we just said, right? It's in our intellect, but then we say, but no thought could possibly grasp this, right? So this is the idea that it's it's not tangible, it's not limited, because it's in in a certain way. In other words, how do you grasp an item? Like, like even a gashmi is to get an item. How are you going to grasp an item? With your hands. Okay, let's talk about a physical item that you're grasping with your hands. How are you going to grasp it? Fingers. Okay, you're going to use your fingers, but let's talk about the item. Like put it around the item or put it on opposite side just to be able to fit your hand in. Right. Well, it needs to have what? A stopping point. There has to be an edge to the item. Right? In other words, when you have an item, let's say this table that's sitting in front of me, right? let's say the table went through, it lasted the entire room. Right? I wouldn't be able to hold on to it because there's, nothing from, there's no edge for me to hold on to it. Right? The whole nakuda is the limit is where I'm able to hold on to it. Let's take a, a taisvus. So the taisvus, right, how do I apply myself to the taisvus? What I want to do a lot of times, my brain, the way it works, is I want to hold on to a piece that, like, start with a piece that I understand. Okay, I get this point. In other words, I could say, like, that's my, the edge of it. Like, I get this. This is the low-hanging fruit part of the tesis, let's say, right? So by understanding, by grasping that point, then I'm able to build on that point, right? So you're always looking, whenever you're discussing with people, even, like, when, when you're listening to a... Uh, Let's say you're listening to a lecture of someone that's talking about like some high, you know, idea that like it's very hard to understand. What you're listening for are pieces that are familiar to me, that I could sort of put my fingers on, I could put my hand across, I could hold on to, right? And then from there to try to use my brain to develop, right, the things that I do understand to try to get to the things that I don't understand and work it that way. If you're speaking in, let's say, a language that I don't even understand, Right, I'm not going to be able to get anything of what he's saying because he's talking way above my head. I'm not talking just a language he's speaking Chinese. I'm speaking a language even in English, but he's speaking about ideas that I have no idea what he's talking about. Right, like if I were to listen to a uh, a lecture on nuclear physics, right, I've never learned about nuclear physics before, so I'd be trying to listen to things that sound familiar to me, and to go from there to try to figure out like making connections to things that I don't understand. But if I don't even understand anything that he's saying, like I don't, I don't have the foggiest idea of what he's talking about, I'm just going to come away with it as, you know, blank-faced. I have no idea what he just said. I have no idea what this, this whole lecture was about. No idea whatsoever. So I'm constantly looking for the edges of things. Right? That's, how my, that's how I work. So when you look at the or ain't so for the ain't so whatever, by definition, there is no point... Right? That is a limited. 
there's no point that I could possibly ever grasp because by definition, there's no end to it. There's no limit to it. There's nothing, there's nothing there that I could hold on to because it's ain't so. Right? I mean, this is a little bit of a, a funny metaphor, but, but the point being that, that it's a similar idea. Like, how, do you, how could you possibly grasp something that is infinite? You can't, by definition. Right? So the only way that I could possibly have any connection, so to speak, or any type of relationship with the Orenso is if it's mislabish in my, in my level of ma. Dafka, the part of me in my chachma that is by definition not limited. So therefore, that's where it's, it, could, it could be. And that's what he's saying here. Right? Hakolk, and then it says like this. Where am I? So that all the yidin, even nashim ba'ameha Now, there's two major points in that sentence that I want to bring, that I want to talk to. One point is what? Why is he? Why is he talking about nashim and ameha aretz all of a sudden? That's point number one. What's point number two? I want to point. I want to talk about. And you get into my head. Come on. And why does he put them next <coughs> next to each other? Same because he's probably bringing the same concept, right? Right. He's, he's he's connecting them. Yeah. What's the next point that I'm talking about? Good. Why? That's right. That's that's the word I was looking for. Why? Okay. Because maybe they don't have this, the same uh, intellectual appreciation of the gem. Okay, that's also true. But but when let go back to the word ma'aminim. What? Well, maybe you would think that that intellectual appreciation makes one believe in the gem more. But the nashim would kind of prove that's not the case. Hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. But I'm when I want to point when I want to talk to you, why all of a sudden where did the word emuna come from? Where, where do we say emuna in this? Where, where you you just changed language on me. Does anyone see the word emuna in here? Look through the look through the begin look through the last last ten lines, fifteen lines, twenty lines, thirty lines, forty lines. Where, where, where did that word come from? What are we talking about up until now? <coughs> talking no, recently we're not talking about avinira. What are we talking about? True, but what are we talking? Chachma. We're talking about chachma. You just changed the word on me. Everyone see that? In other words, we we've been talking chachma this, chachma that, kayachma da 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 da, and all of a sudden, uh, we all of a sudden we threw in this new world word. This new word is called what? Emuna. Where, where did that come from? Because we said that you can't grasp them. So what does that mean? So you just have to believe without grasping them. Okay, so that's a very interesting thing. That's really good the way you put it. Now talk to me about what you just said. In that way, explain to me, Amuna, in terms of intellect. Is it above intellect or below intellect? Above intellect. You're saying above intellect? When would a person... What's the word Amuna in English? Faith. Faith, believe, whatever, right? So when would I use that word according to the way you just used it? When you can't understand it. When you can't understand something. So therefore... Therefore, I'm going to believe it. Right? That's, what, that's the idea. So, is that implying that it's above intellect or below intellect? Don't, wait, 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 what? It's something 
to get this sort of better, like it's more... So therefore, it sounds to me that uh, since I can't understand it, so therefore I'm going to... Therefore I'm going to believe it. Right? Therefore I'm going to believe it. Yeah, you with me? Right? Well, that doesn't sound like beyond intellect. That sounds like, to me, it sounds below intellect. In other words, what would be the ideal situation? Ideally, I'd like to really know it and understand it. But since I can't, so therefore, I guess I'll believe in it. It sounds to me like that's below intellect. If you look at the way, the way we use the word in English, right? Have faith. Have faith means what? Have faith means like, okay, you can, you're, not really, you're not really ever understanding it. You're not really getting it. But like, like have faith, you know. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, like the, you know, have faith. You gotta have faith, you know. Throw the ball, you know, <laughs> hundred, you know, last play of the game. You have to, you know, on the fifty yard line, you have to win it. You have to score a touchdown, so you're gonna, you know, you know, <laughs> you're throw the, you know, throw the ball fifty yards and pray, you know. Hopefully, you know, have faith. You don't have to. That's not. That's not. That sounds lower. To me, it sounds lower. Uh, you know, have itself, what? It could be that it's higher. It could be it's higher. It could be it's higher. Or it could be that, like, it just, yeah, maybe, maybe you could say that the thing itself is higher. But ideally, in an ideal situation, what would, it, what would I want? To be able to understand it. I mean, I think that that's how we usually use the word. Usually, we use the word, like, an ideal situation, I should be understanding this thing. But since my brain is not capable of understanding it for whatever reason, so therefore... Uh, I'll, 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 I just have to rely on faith alone, right? A leap of faith. What's a leap of faith? A leap of faith is 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 implying like something that's higher or something that's lower. The concept is higher, but you are lower than where you it's want like to be. Where you want to be, right? So therefore, it's lower, right? You are lower than where you want. Than where well, you well, I'm looking at it from my perspective, right. right? In other words, my perspective is that that I'm I'm going to take a leap of faith. You know, whatever. I can't I can't figure this thing out. I'm going to take it lower, right? Is that the way Muna is being used here? You know what do you say, Zalman? So how is it being used here? No, what do you say, Zachariah? How is it being used here? But how are we using it as a person? Is this a is this a, a positive thing? I mean, it's like like something that's like wow, it's amazing, and like or it's like well, whatever, you know. Since I can't figure it out, I guess you know whatever. It's a positive. It's very positive. It's very positive. I think it's very positive also. So all of a sudden, we're, we're changing. We're sort of changing the the way of looking at this word, right? Now is. Emun is something that you can prove or not prove? What? What do you think, Isaac? What do you think, Josh? Um, are, we, are we talking according to time? According I'm to talking, time? talking according to your brain. Sometimes, sometimes people don't do things. People, people do things that don't make sense. People do things that don't make sense. But which way? Because it seems, it's like, it, no, it seems like if you could uh, prove it, then it would be knowledge, not 
Oh, okay. So it's something that I maybe can't prove. But let's think about it in terms of let's let's use a different a- explanation. Can you prove that someone has muna? No, not that someone has. It. I'm talking about the concept of why a person would have a muna. Why would a person have a muna? Or let's take a look at it from a different angle. Let's 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 look at it from yet another angle. Tell me the difference between chachma and bina in terms of in terms of a very common muscle or a common. Uh, explanation of Chachma versus Bina is the idea of seeing versus hearing. You've heard that phrase? You've heard that before, right? So tell me what would be the differences in terms of how you would approach something in terms of seeing versus hearing. It's a lot more stronger evidence if you saw something. Good. If I teach you something and then someone else comes along and teaches you the opposite thing, right, is that going to affect you? Yeah. I think it's going to affect me. For sure it would affect me. I'm teaching I'm a person. I'm teaching you X. And then someone else comes along and teaches you the opposite of X. What's the opposite of X? Minus X? Y? <laughs> what is it? X to the X, you know, whatever it is. You know, right? It's going to impact me. How is it going to impact me? How is it going to impact me? New? What? Thank you, Rabbi Brahman. <laughs> How is it going to impact me? It depends who the other person is. If it's a bacher. Well, okay. So, oh, yeah, okay. But even if it's a bacher, even if it's a bacher, what is it going to do to my brain? You'll rethink things. Okay, I'm going to definitely rethink things. Even if it's a bacher, okay? Forget about it. It's not, it's not some grocer rabbi that's been studying for 20 years, 50 years, whatever. Uh, just a regular, ordinary bacher says, the com- I learned completely the opposite for this reason. X, Y, Z, P, D, Q. Okay, now. You're going to start rethinking about it. Now, contrast that to seeing something. I saw what I saw. That's what I saw. Even if I come along, even if, even if Rabbi Dubinsky, even if uh, Rosh Hashiva of the entire world comes along and tells you, right, that no, that, that it's not that way. Right. It's like, no, I saw what I saw. So what I saw. Right? Very big difference. Right? Can you explain what you saw? Is that what it's predicated upon? No totally not predicated upon that, right? has nothing to do with that. I saw this event. You're going to tell me that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, like, uh, let's say that all of a sudden, right, you're sitting in a room and someone brings in and he says to you, you know, I have this talking cow. And I say to him, yeah, okay, you know, (laughs) let's not talk about what you did earlier this morning. Okay, now, anyway, you know, Bring it in, right? So he brings in his cow, and his cow starts talking. Not only does he speak English, he speaks French too, right? Now, now, if someone comes along afterwards and tells you that it doesn't exist, right? Even if uh, the smartest person, what's gonna, how is that going to affect you? Okay, in Akinami. So you no, it's part of you, it's part of your brain. It's part of your I guess, but you saw it. You saw the event. Are you going to say are you going to say wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I'll prove to you that a cow, if you think that a cow talks, go bring me a a group of 100 cows, you know, we'll make a, a scientific experiment out of it, right? And if you could show me that in 100 cows, 100 cows can talk, then I'll believe you. Or are you going to say, "No, I saw this one cow talk." It's irrelevant if 99 other cows can talk or not. Right? Who cares? I don't care. I'm not looking for scientific proof of there has to be a group of cows that speak. 
one cow is enough for me to see that one cow speaks. That's uh, that, and no matter what you're going to tell me, that cows cannot speak, it doesn't matter, because the bottom line is is that I saw this cow talk. I saw it with my own two eyes, all right, and I heard it with my own two ears, whatever it is, right. But I saw it. I experienced it. It doesn't matter what anyone's going to say to me. And I don't care if I have a group of cows. I don't have a group of cows. That's all totally irrelevant, right? Does a person have to be a scientist to experience this? Or could anyone experience this? Anyone could experience it. Right? So now, co- compare that to the concept of imuna, right? Is imuna below intellect or above intellect? above. Amun is above intellect, according to the way the Torah explains Amun. Very different. And therefore, is it relevant who we're talking about? No. Totally irrelevant. So, what is the Alter Rebbe trying to bring out here? Nuteva? I can't, hear, I can't hear you. Say it again. Okay, Josh. Oh, you want to have it? Go ahead. I don't know. Do you want to speak more? Go ahead. Are we saying basically because it's above intellect, anyone can have it? Because it's above intellect, anyone can have it, number one. And it could lead to a, a saga and a, and a chokhmanabina. It could lead to, to an intellect. It could lead to it, but it doesn't. does it have to lead to it? No. Is it, not, is it really necessary for it to lead to it? No. no. Right? Is it going to impact the person in a slight way, in a big way, in a real way? Like what, what? Is it something that you can, that you can get? Like the more you study, is it going to help you? No. You could learn more about it. You could learn and about that, it. And that's then connecting to intellect. It's but connecting it to intellect. Is, it's what it is what it is. It is what it is. Right? It is what it is. Right? So you could learn more about it by learning Hasidus, for example. Right? But so what, why isn't a person living with this constantly? Because they're stuck in their own minds and their own selves versus, versus. Okay, that's true. But what does that mean that they're stuck? Talk to me, Isaac. It's covered up. It's covered up. By what? Nefesh Bahamis. Covered up by my Nefesh Bahamis. But really, in essence, in essence, really, every, every single Jew has this. And the reason why he brings Nashim Va'amea Aretz, right? Nashim were not, most Nashim were not taught in those days, right? That they didn't have an education the way we have an education, right? And Amea Aretz means even someone that has the potential to have that education but didn't have that education, right? So regardless of who they are, so seemingly... Then a Rosh Yeshiva and an Amma Aretz in this field would make absolutely no difference, right? Because we're not talking about something that is acquired, it's something that I have already, right? Why do I have it? Because the Or Sof is in my Chachma, and my Chachma is the Makor for all of my Kaychas, right? And therefore, it's shining in all my Kaychas. The only reason why I am not experiencing it on a more regular basis 
is because it's covered up by my nephew Mahamias. Right? Yeah. And that's the Yerusha. That is the Yerusha. Right. And what's the key to a Yerusha? That's for everyone. It's for everyone and it's from from your father. Right? It's from your father. Right? That's who it, that's who it's coming from. So there's a connection to the father and it's really to everyone regardless of who they are. There's no such thing as writing you out of the will. It doesn't exist in Judaism. Right? Yeah. Maybe more than someone with an intellectual understanding as a person oh, understanding wow. being able to rely more on their knowledge where another person doesn't have that knowledge. What an excellent question. What an excellent question. It, that what Teva is saying here is a very, very important point. That you could possibly even look at it from the other direction. In other words, instead of looking at it from the direction that maybe a Chacham, right, a Talmud Chacham or something like that, would have more of it because he's more versed in Taira and therefore he's more aware of it, you could also look at it from the opposite direction, that Adarabha, because a Talmud Chacham is dependent upon his intellect to a much greater extent, you could say, perhaps, that an Amma Aretz is more of a person that is going to be more expressive of this Emuna than even the Rosh Hashiva. 100% true, because he doesn't have the knowledge, he doesn't have the intellect to be able to rely on or to be able to connect to in that way. Whereas all he has is this simple emuna. Now, think about that in terms of uh, what we know about the Baal Shem Tov. Right? Now it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Right? That was one of the big uh, points against, so to speak, the Baal Shem Tov, right, from the Misnagdim, was how could he be, you know, lifting up, right, all these simple people, you know, that never learned Torah before, etc., etc., etc. How could he look at them in this way? Well, the Baal Shem Tov was very much keying in onto this point, right? That here you have a simple farmer or a simple, uh, you know, you know, uh, blacksmith or whoever it happens to be, that in fact he could maybe be more expressive of, of the Amuna because that's all he has. That's what he has. That's what he's living with, Right? Much more than the, than the great Rosh Hashiva, who is intellectually trying to understand this, understand that, whereas the simple, you could maybe learn a huge amount, even more, from the simple blacksmith who has this pure imuna because it's not, there's nothing getting in the way, so to speak. The intellect doesn't get in the way, let's put it that way. Which in a certain way, you know, is feeding right into what we're saying here, that this imuna is on a higher level than the intellect. And therefore, the intellect could get in the way, right? A simple idea behind this is uh, like the concept that, uh, you know, what do you put into, like, let's say that uh, in a certain way, you could, you could use a muscle for this that, let's say, you know, you, anyone ever been to the Arizal's mikvah, yeah. right? It's pretty warm, right? <laughs> pretty, right? Freezing cold. Right? But when you're first trying to go into it, you're not sticking your head in the water to see what it feels like. What are you sticking into the water? Toe. Your toe, your heel, the heel of your toe, right? To, you know, some, the least sensitive part of your body. Right? But nevertheless, that's really an expression of the will, right? because that's really where you want to be going to. So seemingly, why shouldn't you stick your head in? Your head is you know, the most that, that really appreciates the will. No. In a certain way, sometimes it's the lowest part of the person or the lowest member of the society that will be able to express the will in the greatest way because he's not allowing his brain to, or his sensitivities to get in the way, 
right? Or, you know, a similar mashal to that that Hasidus uses is like the soldier on the battlefield. That when the general says we have to go and take that hill, the, you know, the lower level soldier just goes in the way. Whereas the colonel starts to think, well, you know, maybe we should take this hill instead. Maybe we go that way. Maybe we can go from this angle. You know, if we go to this hill first, then maybe we can go from behind. The general said, take that hill. That's, that's go forward, right? That's, that's a very different approach. You following what I'm saying? So now, go back to what we're saying here. That means every single Jew. Even the women in Amea Aretz, right? Who are not, especially going back to, you know, the time period that the Alter Rebbe wrote this Sefer, right? Wrote to Tanya. They were not people that were, Nashim were not people that had a, a, a significant education on a general basis, right? That's just not the way it was, even though there were certainly, like we know the Alter Rebbe's mother, or uh, the Alter Rebbe's grandmother, really, and, uh, right, and his mother, and his, and his aunt, and whatever, were big, uh, uh, you know, Talmidei Chachamas, Talmidaus Chachamos, I don't know how you would say it, right? But they learned Gemara, they learned Shulchan Aruch, they knew, right? Very famous story from the uh, Lubavitcher of his memoirs, right? When they had an issue with the Erev was down, and right? And, and uh, the Alter Rebbe's grandfather, right, turned to the Alter Rebbe's mother to ask halachically, what should they do? Right? And this was, this was the time, you know the story? You know what I'm talking about? No. Right? So the story goes that the Alter Rebbe, there were two basic shittas, right? The Alter Rebbe's uh, mother, and grandfather were more of the Hasidic bend, which was into women learning more. You know, how much did they learn? But it's known that, that the, the Alter Rebbe's grandfather, Baruch Batlin, right, was himself a great tzaddik, as you can imagine. Right? So he, so he taught his daughter, right? He taught his daughter uh, all about learning, and there was a secret that the Alter Rebbe's so it was, it's not the Alter Rebbe, it was more the Alter Rebbe's great, I'm sorry, the Alter Rebbe's great-grandfather taught the Alter Rebbe's grandmother, right, um, the, that, that, uh, that the Alter Rebbe's great-great-great-grandfather right, on his mother's side, right, was Baruch Batlin, and then he taught the Alter Rebbe's grandmother, right, uh, learning, they learned and learned, and then, but the, great, the Alter Rebbe's grandfather, whose name was, what? Shneir Zalman, right? So he, he was also a big tzaddik in the Talmud Chacham, but he was not on that, on, from that direction of teaching women and looked down at it. He had no idea that his, that his wife was, uh, it was always a secret. And the, what happened one time was that the Arab went down and the, the Gabbai came running, the Arab was down and they were carrying books and their gloves and, and, and they were like, okay, what do we do? And so the author of his great-grandfather said, turned to his daughter and said, okay, you know, us men, we're constantly learning Gemara with, you know, all these, you know, Mepharshim and in-depth and Pilpulim and whatever they were doing. But Labdafka, uh, did we get to the bottom line halacha? So he asked her, tell us what's the halacha? And it blew the Alter Rebbe's grandfather's mind because he had no idea that his wife knew any of this because she had always kept it a secret. And it turned into a little bit of a domestic issue. But uh, Baruch Hashem, he came around and saw the, the godless of it after a little bit of time, even though it was totally foreign, this idea to him. Maybe even he was against it. But and then he turned around and, of course, the Alter Rebbe's mother, uh, uh, well, it would be his, his, uh, his aunt, his aunt then turned around and learned, taught the Alter Rebbe's mother, Right, who was um, 
Baruch's uh, wife, and whatever. So there, there are people, you know, in our history that we see that women were very, very learned, but as a whole, it, it was not a, it was not the norm. It was not the norm. There were no schools. It was not, it was not the norm at those times. So the Alter Rebbe is saying here, even uh, women and even Amea Aretz, which are men that you know that had the potential to learn, but never, never did learn for whatever reason. Maybe it was, you know, it was not their fault, but whatever. They just didn't learn. So even these people, right, regardless of who they are, hey, Ma'aminim Ba'ashem, right? Because why? Because that the emuna is totally beyond any type of information, knowledge, in, in what is going into my brain. So it's something that is there in a way of just, this is what it is. This is who I am. This is what it's all about. In a way of re'iya, not in a way of shmiya, not in a way of anything that, of learning. Which is interesting because when you learn Hasidus, it does talk about, and we're going to see later on, that by learning more Hasidus, right, it, there, it, there is a way to, so to speak, tune it up. But seemingly, that seems to be a contradiction to what we're saying here. But, so we have to, we have to investigate that more, but it's obviously not a contradiction, and obviously there is a way, because essentially what we need to do is, since this is already existing within me, I have to somehow find a way to tap into it. And what, what really the Alter Rebbe is bringing out here is, and I'll just finish with this point, is that the concept of using emuna in a way of mysterious nefesh, right, as we're going to explain in the next couple of chapters, is really an idea of dying for God. Right? And sh- he shows, especially in chapter 19, how that is a nuclear power inside of me. Right? But at the end of the day, it causes a person to die. And what the Alter Rebbe is suggesting here is why not use that same power instead of to die for it, to live with it. In other words, you have a nuclear power plant inside of yourself, right? And it's used at different times in order to use it to sacrifice one's own life for. But if you could potentially tap into it, in order to live one's life with it, then imagine how much, how much energy you'd be able to tap into. And that's basically the theory that he's going to be discussing, you know, moving forward. Okay? All right, let's stop here. We'll continue in Yitzhak tomorrow.